get the mic. Honey, I've got something to say. Ooh, I like that. Can you turn that up for me? No, like, it's Maja. But you know, Maj for short. <laughs> Ask Maj. What's up, what's up? It's your girl, Maj, and we are back with another episode of Ag Smash, the podcast, where I am spilling all the real tea. So I'm so excited to be here. We have so much to cover, so grab your cocktail, grab your mimosa if it's in the morning, grab your coffee because we are getting into it. I'm so excited to be here. I'm always so excited to record. Yes. Okay, this is like, this is my zone. All right, so, you know, we got to start with the Maj moment of the day. All right, so hear me out on this story. I know y'all going to judge me, but hear me out. Okay, not too long ago, it was a really nice day, um, and I was walking outside, and there's this trail near my house, um, and along the trail, there's this river, and this is where, like, turtles hang out. This is, like, the turtle hangout. (laughs) And so they have, like, all of these benches along this, this area. It's really nice. It's a park area. Um, So I sat down just to kind of take a look and relax by the river. It was such a nice day. Um, And I mean, turtle watching is cool. (laughs) But but, so in the in the middle of the river, what towards, I guess, more more uh, more of the shallow part of the river, there are these blocks. Um, And I guess the turtles use the blocks as like stations to like sunbathe now i didn't do any research on on the turtles i don't know what they were doing so i'm just gonna call it sunbathing um but so there so there's plenty of turtles in the water and then like i said there's these blocks and the turtles use these blocks to sunbathe but the turtles have to get onto these blocks to sunbathe and it's it's a challenge for them (laughs) and i only say that like just observing So typically from what I saw, there's like one turtle who like gets up there and then you have like, you know, other turtles that kind of come after them, do the same thing on different blocks. So there was this one turtle and he was like getting on this block and I watched him the entire time from like when he like laid eyes on this block to, you know, when he was like working his way to get on top of this block, I watched him. And when I say he struggled, like he kept going and then he would fall back into the water and he kept going and then he would fall back into the water. Um... And it was so funny because I'm, like, sitting on this bench, like, cheering this turtle on. Like, oh, my gosh, you could do this. Like, come on, don't give up. Like, try again, try again, try again. And you could tell, like, you know, his shell was getting away a couple times. And and just things were just getting in the way. And he just kept on, you know, trying. And every time he tried, he would try a different way. Like, a different angle, a different side of the block to to get up on. Um, You know, another way to hold his shell. It was actually very interesting. Um, But anyway, so like I said, I'm... I'm on the bench, like, cheering this turtle on, like, yes, please, come on, you got this, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. So finally, after, like, three or four tries of, like, trying to get on this block and falling back into the water, he makes it onto the block. And, y'all, when I say I am on the side of the river on the little bench, like, yes! Clapping my hands, like, yes, you made it, you made it, you made it. It was so funny. I'm like, this little turtle don't even know me or know anything about me or (laughs) does not care anything about me. But anyway, I wanted to use this as a Maj moment. And, and that moment really, really stuck with me. Um, I wanted to use this as a Maj moment. And I want to say, don't give up. 
Um, and that's so cliche, but I want to add this this onto it. Sometimes your purpose is not just for you. Sometimes your purpose is beyond you. And so I say that to say, don't give up because there's somebody always watching. So first you have me, right? I'm in the corner. He doesn't know me, you know? <laughs> he doesn't know that I'm even there, but I was rooting for him the whole time. Like clapping my hands, shouting for him. Like, come on, you could do this, you could do this, you could. Don't, I looked a little crazy on the sidelines, but that's not the point hear me um <laughs> so yes i'm rooting for this little turtle like come on come on come on you can do this so one you know like i said your purpose is bigger than you so don't give up because you have people watching so you have those people who are rooting for you right people you don't even see that are rooting for you people that you and that you are inspiring and you don't even know who they are but they're rooting for you um um to make it where you want to be to achieve your goals that's number one number two the other people that are that are watching you are the people who are going to come behind you so after that turtle made it onto the block then several other turtle turtles picked their blocks and they climbed onto the blocks as well so you have the people who you don't know who are rooting for you and then you have the people that you are paving the way for so understand that your purpose is is bigger than you sometimes your purpose is not just for you it's for you to bless somebody else it's for you to inspire somebody else so the idea is is not just to not give up but don't give up because people are watching somebody is always watching and your purpose and and and, and the fact that you don't give up is going to inspire somebody else so yes my moment of the day is don't give up somebody is always watching and understand that your purpose is bigger than you so yes go and tell your friends that Go and tell your mom that that's the um, <laughs> match moment of the other day from me turtle watching. Okay, so yes, let's get into it because we have so much to cover. All right, first of all, a feel good moment, right? I don't know if y'all saw that Kirk Franklin and Fred Her Hammond Her Herman. See, you know what I'm thinking about animals. Uh, Fred Hammond's versus battle. Oh my gosh, so powerful. And let me say, even if you're not religious, you know, even if you're not spiritual, that was such a feel-good moment. Like, that was such a feel-good time. I was in my room, I mean, jamming, you know, watching the live. And it it just felt so good because, you know, right now we're, we're living in these uncertain times. Things are crazy. People are stressed. People are angry. And it just felt good to really go back home and, and, and talk to God, to really go back home and, and worship God. And not to get preachy, but it just felt so good. Those encouraging words just felt so good. Like, just seeing them praise and worship and be in good spirits, it felt so good. And I'm a preacher's kid. Um, I don't know if y'all know that about me. So it really just took me back to growing up, you know, being at home with my parents and uh, and them teaching me that even when it's good and when it's bad, you're supposed to pray. Um, you're supposed to worship. So it just felt good to praise and, you know, to be uplifted, to be empowered and to be in those, those good spirits. Oh my God, it felt so good. And, you know, a lot of people were tweeting like, you know, we should do this every week. And when I say I'm all for that, so versus Timbaland, look, if y'all want to do that every week, I'm, I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm here for all of the other versus battles as well. But that, and I, it was perfect too, because it was on Sunday. So it just, it was just a great way to, to start the week, um, to start the week off feeling inspired, you know, empowered and uplifted. Like, Oh, I just felt so good. And when I say that prayer that night was on point, it was on point. So yeah, shout out to everybody who watched, um, the versus battle. So another feel good moment for me. I, I don't know. Some, some people may not agree with this, but, but hear me out. 
let, let me give a little background too, just just so you understand my thoughts. A lot of people have been throwing around on Twitter and on Instagram this this word, right? Uh, performative, right? Because they've been seeing people do the electric slide with cops and cops kneeling and, you know, um, today is Sunday. So I'm, uh, no, what's today? Today's Monday. I'm recording on Monday. Um, and so we saw Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic Party kneeling with the Kente Claus just... So a lot of people have been been throwing this word around performative. And the thing about it is I completely understand. I completely understand that people see this as a performance um, and, and as not not as a true genuine act. Um, so I get it. But last week, uh, the mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser, um, painted a, had, a, had a mural painted on 16th Street Northwest in D.C. Um, and it, it was painted Black Lives Matter in yellow. Um, and this is the street that's leading up to the White House, um, uh, 16th Street North, Northwest. And not only did she paint the mural of, of Black Lives Matter in yellow, but she also changed that street to uh, Black Lives Matter Plaza. Um, so so there, was, there was mixed reviews from what I saw on social media. Uh, again, a lot of people thought this was this performative action. A lot of people were like, we don't want that. We don't want this. You know, we want action. We want you know, policy, we want, you know, legislation changed. Um, and here's the thing, I agree with all of that. I am here for all of that. But you know what, I, I had a snap back to reality um, when I went to a protest on Saturday and it was really cool to be out there, like just to be a part of history. Um, but while I was out there, there was people uh, dancing, there were people playing music, um, there were, I mean, they had food out there, food trucks, people were selling t-shirts. It, To be honest with you, it almost seemed like block party-ish. Like there was this like Black Lives Matter, like block party thing, like, like element to it. So it just seemed weird. And it's almost like, you know, I've never been to a protest and I see, you know, everything that's happening on social media. And to be honest with you, I didn't think it was supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? I, it was supposed to be... I don't know, I guess it was supposed to make you feel empowered and uplifted and, and you know, make you feel good about the fact that you were a part of this change, not necessarily fun. But one of my sisters had to remind me, like, yeah, it might seem block party-ish, but understand we still need things to keep our spirits lifted, right? So the music, the dancing, we're still here. We, Although we are protesting, we're still here to celebrate black culture. And so that's how I feel about what, what, what the mayor did. I don't think it was a performative action. And yes, we have a long way to go. Like we want policy. We want legislation change. We want all of that. And I agree. I absolutely agree. But you cannot tell me that that didn't feel good when you saw that. You can't tell me that it doesn't feel good to say that Trump lives on Black Lives Matter Plaza. Like, does does that not feel good? So I think that, you know, we have to go back to, you know, again, like uplifting our spirits and, and empowering our empowering each other. It's okay to say you went to a protest and, and you felt good because, you know, you felt empowered because you were part of that change. But it's also okay to say I had fun. It's also okay to say that felt good. And so I think it goes, like I said, it goes back to what the mayor did. Like, I think that was a feel good moment to have our spirits uplifted because all the, you know, a lot of times like, you know, we're fighting, 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 and, and it can become draining. You know, it's exhausting. Like, yes, we're here for the fight, but it's okay to feel 
feel good. It's okay to have fun in these moments. It's okay to celebrate black culture every now and then. Everything, you know, that that somebody has done that's not policy is not necessarily a, a performative action. So I, that made me feel good, you know, and I hate that people feel like that's not, you know, we know it's not enough, you know, I understand that. And, you know, maybe that wasn't her intent, you know, for like, oh, I know how to get him. I know how to, I don't think that was it. I think it was truly just, this feels good, you know, and we've seen a lot of progress over the last few days. Um, so I think just a reminder that, you know, this feels good. We're making progress and we're truly celebrating black culture and black lives matter. I appreciate that. So shout out to mayor of DC, uh, Miss Muriel Bowser. Um, so, yes, moving on. Next topic. Uh, Amanda Seals. She is leaving The Real. She announced that she is leaving The Real. Um, on, she was on Instagram Live doing an interview. Um, and she announced that she was leaving The Real because um, she, she's not able to, 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 and I quote, speak to people the way, speak to my people the way they need to be spoken to. Um, and the crazy thing is she's only been on there for six months. That is wild to me. And she is leaving. Um, she said, I'm not at a space where as a full black woman, I can have my voice and my coworkers also have their voices and where the people at the top are not respecting the necessity for black voices to be at the top too. So shout out to Amanda Seals. Um, for, for taking that leap of faith and leaving the real and understanding your worth. I'm not going to lie. I don't watch the show. A lot of times I only watch clips when, you know, their conversations go viral. Um, but I do know that Amanda is a, a radicalist. She says what she wants. Um, and she's not too fond of people's opinions about her. So I can respect that. You know, I saw a tweet that said, you know, I'm glad Amanda left, left the real. She was too real for the real. So respect shout out to her you know if you feel like your jobs or your company's you know policies don't align with you know what you believe in you, you know you might want to um rethink your position there or rethink your longevity there so shout out to her shout out to her i think she was definitely setting a, a great example um for others to do the same that was that was inspirational very powerful um for her to make that decision um so next Question of the day, um, and I wanted to push this back because I got some very interesting um, feedback feedback from from the question that I posted. So a little background: Asian Doll um, posted a tweet uh, not too long ago, calling out colorism in the black community. This is what she said: A lot of light skinned girls posting "Black Lives Matter" like you hoes not racist too. Y'all bullied dark-skinned girls all our life, thinking y'all was better than us, talked about our skin color, called us monkeys, you hoes, fraud, but keep spreading fake love, you hoes will never understand us. So, so she mad. The second tweet said, light-skinned B-I-T-C-H's, way evil and jealous to dark-skinned girls than the white folks, but that's a different racist topic. So a couple of people responded to her. I'm going to read uh, just a couple of responses. Miss Aaliyah J responded and said, what Asian doll said is her truth. And if you're going against her over her experiences that was not directed at you, you're probably one of the people who have bullied a black girl for being dark skinned. Right now you feel guilty about it. So you're defensive. Just wear the shoe baby. Uh, I want This was interesting too. She said, 
For the, this is still Aaliyah J. She said, for those of you who are trying to silence the black girls of a darker tone by saying, but light-skinned girl, but light-skinned black girls get bullied too while they're speaking out, understand that what you're doing is almost like white people saying, but all lives matter when black lives are the topic. So she went on a ramble. I'm not going to read the rest. Um, but Queen Naja also come, came out and she responded. She said, colorism does exist in both light and dark people. We need, we need to address exactly what colorism is, but just at the right moment. So I posed a question on my, my Instagram, um, my Instagram page. Um, do you believe colorism exists in the black community? And a couple of comments stuck out to me. One young lady says, it does. I even find myself saying, I prefer dark chocolate men, even though it's not right. I'm learning to unlearn the whole preference thing. I also believe that it's gotten better for women, but then I remember the people I surround myself by only make up a small percentage of the black community, and there are still people who haven't been exposed to more positive things. With that being said, people with less exposure to the awakening of the black community will continue to practice things they've been taught, like believing lighter people are superior. I hope my words make sense. Another one said, and I'm going to touch on that in just a second. Another young lady said, this was interesting as well. She said, absolutely. We see it in music videos all the time. The lead vixen is generally a woman with lighter skin. Growing up, I always heard about how black men wanted red bones. But if we really have this discussion, we have to talk about the brown paper bag test and how even before that, white slave owners pinned slaves against each other and created ranks based on complexion. So this was all interesting to me. And before I get in, get into my take, um, I want to read the definition of colorism that I found. Um, okay. Colorism is prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. Uh, okay, so let me see. For y'all who are listening, if you don't know who I am, I'm light-skinned. Let me say that <laughs> before I get into my thoughts. All right, so the question I posed, does colorism exist? Do I believe that colorism exists in black community? Absolutely. Absolutely colorism exists in, black, in the black community. And if we go back to the definition of colorism, you know, prejudice against uh, people with darker skin toned, I think we've seen that, right? We've seen that all throughout our lives. We've seen that growing up. We've seen that, you know, in, in basically every aspect of our life. We've seen that in school because the dark-skinned girls got bullied. Um, we've seen that in music because, like the young lady said, you know, light skins were always favored, right? Uh, you know, you want a long hair, thick red bone. You know, red bone this, red red girl that, light skin girl this. And, you know, the, the light skins were the lead video vis vixens. You know, we see that in the modeling world. Like, it's it hasn't been that long... Um, that dark skins have dark skin women have truly made way in the model modeling industry. And I think that's why Lupita was so praised because she really put on um, for dark skin women it, just in their in, in the entertainment industry, period. Um, so we've seen that, you know, in all aspects of our lives and our upbringing, you know, in our school, in our music, in the modeling industry, in the entertainment and fashion industry, like We've seen that everywhere. So I absolutely 
you know, agree that colorism exists. Um, and I, I absolutely agree that, you know, with what Aaliyah J said that, you know, the topic at hand is that, you know, if we think about the true definition of colorism, you know, it's about uh, prejudice against dark, darker tone people. So absolutely. That is, that is very, very, very true. However, I think what, what us as a black community have to understand um how can i say this the best way that we are going to see change is through unity um this sunday my pastor uh preached and he used the word use and he broke it down u was for unity s was for strategy and e was for execution and he talked about, he used use because in order to, to make change, we have to use our weapons. And those were our weapons. That's how he broke it down, which I thought was very interesting. Um, so I think our weapon is unity. Our weapon is unity. I feel like in since I've been living, and I trust it ain't been that long, but not the point. This has been the most I have seen black people unify since I have been alive. And I feel like not to say there is or there isn't a time to address it, because I'll get to that in a second. It absolutely needs to be addressed in order to get past it. However, I feel like we have to unify. And I think there's a way to address this this issue without it breaking us up as a collective. And I think that that may be one of our biggest challenges is the fact that the things that we want to address are the same things that end up tearing us apart. So as a community, we need to learn how to address these things um, without without them tearing us apart. Um, so, yes, and, and this is not to say, you know, I, I completely agree that, you know, dark, darker, um, darker skinned women are are who are the topic right now. Um, but I can say as a light skinned woman, I have been. Um, bully not because I'm necessarily light skinned, but because I'm not black enough. So I wouldn't call that colorism. However, I think there's a deeper rooted issue within the black community. And I think that goes back to, uh, um, unifying because at the end of the day, guess what? It's us against them. Another thing my pastor said on Sunday was in order to be delivered externally, we got to be delivered internally. So it goes back to us being unified, us moving as a collective, us uplifting each other. So we've seen on Instagram and Twitter and social media about pushing black businesses. That's how we come together. That's how we create change. That's how we push change. That's because let me say, let me say something. If black people really, really, really unified and came together as one, we would be unstoppable. I mean, financially, mentally, all of that, like married black, fine, you know, all of our all of our money goes into black businesses. We're uplifting each other, black teachers, black principals, black doctors. I mean, black everything. Like if we really, 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 really came together we would be absolutely unstoppable. And you heard it here first, but to be honest with you, I feel like that's what white people are scared of. That's what the police are truly, truly scared of, is us really, really uniting. Um, and I think that 
again, one of our, our, our biggest challenges, the fact that we create these smaller issues within our community that tear us apart. Everything don't need to tear us apart. We can address these things, figure out a solution, move on without it breaking up the black community. Like, I get it, you know, so-and-so been bullied in high school. So-and-so was bullied for her skin. So-and-so was bullied for this. Right, but guess what? We are carrying that generational trauma generation after generation after generation after generation. And I think it's very... I'm glad that um, the young lady who posted posted under my post, she said, you know, we got to go back to the brown paper bag test. And that's so true because understand that colorism was something that started before we were educated, before we knew what colorism was. Um, and, and it really, you know, it goes back to white being, you know, or lighter or white being more superior to, than black. So if, if they've already taught taught you know their own to hate us why are we teaching our own to hate us we are all we've got so again i think it's important to address these issues because that's how stuff gets solved that's how stuff gets resolved is addressing the issue me and my friends have this joke we always say the first step to recovery is admitting right so if you're dealing with a guy or whatever the first step to recovery is admitting so the first step to recovery or moving past this is addressing it but that doesn't mean breaking up the community you know what i mean that doesn't mean making a fool of ourselves on social media calling each other names like that that doesn't mean that we can address these things without there being hostility and tension and and division um because that's what the opposition wants is division so i definitely think that you know we gotta uh, address these things you know come up with a solution and then move past it um, but we can't keep loathing in this, in this, you know, in these issues that are that are continuously breaking us down and and, and tearing us apart. You know, we'll never make progress that way. Um, and so another another thing I wanted to touch on was the young lady mentioned preference, and I, I'm a little two sided on this because here's the thing: a lot of people, a lot of people consider if if a black man likes or regardless, a black man or a black woman likes, you know, her preference is light-skinned men or her preference is dark-skinned men, um, you know, it's rooted in colorism. So here's the thing. I, I'm 50-50. I do feel like, you know, that that can be rooted in, in colorism and social conditioning. Because if we go back to, you know, the industries that we look up to, if we go back to the influencers that we look up to, you know, and they talk about red bones and light-skinned girls and all the, you know, the the women in the videos are, are light-skinned, yeah, you're, you're kind of preconditioned that that's what's pretty. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I do feel like in some instances it can be, you know, a person's type as it relates to only dark-skinned women or only light-skinned women or only dark-skinned men um, can be rooted in social condition, conditioning and, and colorism. However, like I said, I'm split 50-50 because I don't think that's that's the case always. I think that your type is, is shaped from, you know, your upbringing and your personal experiences. It's like this. I don't I don't like white men I, in, in a sense of dating. I'm not going to date white men. I that's just not I, I'm just that's not my preference. I like black men. Um, I'm going to marry a black man. I'm going to have a black child. I am not interested in white men. However, that doesn't make me racist because I don't like white men. So, yes, that goes back to um, the, the colorism idea is that just because I like only light skinned men or I like only dark skinned men, uh, it's rooted in colorism. That's not true. If I don't like white men and I prefer black men, that's not rooted in racism. That's just my preference. That's just how I was brought up. You know, that's my upbringing. Those are my personal experiences. And that's what I 
choose. And on top of that, I like how black men look. Like, sometimes it has nothing to do with, you know, anything else but just my personal preference. And, I mean, I, it has a lot to do with how they look. I like the way black men look. It has a lot. And when, I'm talking from, from a personal perspective. Um, but I, I'm also a strong, black, aggressive woman, and I don't think a white man could handle me. It doesn't make me racist. You know, I love white people. But I want to marry a black man. I am interested in black men, and I don't think that my perspective is rooted in colorism or social conditioning. So I don't know. That that's that's a a, a topic that I need to have a conversation with with um, more than one person, not just me, because there's so many things you could get into um, as it relates to to colorism. And I'd love to hear it from you know a dark person's point of view, um, because it is an issue. It is an issue, and I and I definitely think it needs to be addressed. Um, but I think it needs to be addressed. Um, there needs to be a solution, and then we need to move on. Like, it's not something that we should, you know, continue to harp on. Because, like I said, these are things that, can, that, that you know, um, that incite division between us. And we need to be unified now more than ever. Um, I, I also saw this, this tweet on um, Twitter. Maxine Shaw, this is what she said. Um, and, and I mean, I, I agree with her wholeheartedly. She said, we have to tear down colorism if this is a real revolution. The idea that lighter skin and looser curls stem from the idea that proximity to whiteness is better. It's time to let that go, nieces and nephews. So I agree because, but like I said, I think it does need to be addressed, but, you know, and we do need to come up with a solution and move forward. However, it, does, it doesn't need to be something that breaks us apart, you know. That or that causes division. So that's my stance on that. You know, I would love to hear what y'all have to say about that. Um, please, you know, comment comment under the post uh, for the question of the day. I love to keep this conversation going. All right. So moving on to the next thing. Ben and Jerry's is the real MVP. Let me say this. I am already an ice cream lover. I love ice cream. Ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. Like like that's me. I, I am an ice cream lover. Um. And so Ben and Jerry's has truly taken the cake. So a lot of people have been calling out companies, organizations, um, celebrities, influencers, and all these people, you know, to make statements. You know, we we want to know what y'all got to say. You know, what is your stance? You know, how are you dealing with this internally and externally? You know, when I say the black people and cancel culture, culture are coming for these people, they are coming for these people. And there are no cut cards. Um, and so a lot of, you know, a lot of these companies have made statements, whoop-de-doo, but you can also tell, you know, a, a nice little PR team wrote the statement and it's like, okay, we got to do what we got to do, you know, before we get canceled. And then you have a lot of companies who have, you know, made true, genuine statements, um, against, you know, police brutality and racial injustices. But honey, when it comes to statement and true action, Ben and Jerry's takes the cake. When I say they, they did not just you know, come out and say, you know, we, we support, you know, so on and so on. We support Black Lives Matter and, you know, we support this and we don't believe in this and we, we stand to get this against this. When I say they really went in, first of all, they addressed the history behind, you know, uh, racism and, and prejudice. And I mean, I saw a lot of tweets uh, making fun and saying, you know, I learned more about black history in the Ben and Jerry's company statement that I did in school. So, you know, they address they address the racism. They acknowledge many other black women and, and um, men who have died at the hands of law enforcement. Um, and they even gave us a plan of action as to how they want to move forward and who they're challenging. I'm like, come on. Um, 
So they said, what happened to George Floyd was not the result of a bad apple. It was the predictable consequence of a racist and prejudiced system and culture that has treated black bodies as the enemy from the beginning. Um, they also attributed Floyd's death to inhumane police brutality that is perpetuated by a culture of white supremacy. Um, and they challenge Americans to dismantle white supremacy and grapple with the sins of our past. Who else called out white supremacy? Let me know. Let me know who else called out white supremacy. And the owners of, uh, the founders of Ben and Jerry's, two white men, um, were have been arrested, I believe, on more, more than one occasion um, while protesting for social change. I'm just like, it, it really doesn't get any better than this. Like, not just talking, but but true actions um, that, that have come behind their statement. And, you know, they ain't new to this. They true to this. You know, they've been very public about their support of, you know, Black Lives and the Black Lives Matter movement. I absolutely love it. And they even came out with some different ice cream flavors um, that are based around justice and, and social change and racial equality. Like... I mean, it doesn't get any better than t than that. So, yeah, shout out to Ben and Jerry's, but all everybody else, y'all cancel. <laughs> but, yes, no, Ben and Jerry's definitely set an example um, for all the other companies. I mean, j just wow. So, speaking of, speaking of people that's been canceled, when I say, like I said, cancel culture, over the past month, cancel culture has gone in. And when I say ain't nobody getting cut cards, I mean, they are going in. So, I made a little list. I made a little list <laughs> of all the celebrities that's been canceled for your information. Okay, so let's get started. Mr. Desi Banks, he number one. Um, he posted a picture on Twitter um, of these two side-by-side -side images. Well, one was above the other. And the, the first image was a picture of, like, Martin Luther King, like, walking back in the day with protesters, peacefully protesting. They were all holding hands. And the caption said, this is a protest. Um, and then the other picture was, um, um, some, uh, protesters running out of Target, I guess, when they were looting. And he, and the caption said, this is a crime. And when I tell you people went in on Desi, um, because they felt that the, the statement was ignorant, um, in the sense that, can you blame these people for being angry? You know, we're fed up, we're tired, enough is enough. You know, can you can you blame them? You know what I mean? Like, and then it's also like, well, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing to help? You know, how have you helped the cause, you know, other than coming out and speaking speaking out against protesters? So he later on apologized, but I don't know. I don't think people were having it. So next was B. Simone. So a lot of people were, um, I, well, a lot of people noticed that she had not been um, tweeting about what was going on. So she had not made an official statement, um, about what was happening. And, and a lot of people began to like question, like, you know, where be Simone at? Why she ain't said nothing yet. So she came out in response to that. And she said, I'm not living to please man. I'm here to please God. At the end of the day, I am a Christian. I'm God fearing. I have to answer to him. I'm going to ask myself, what would Jesus do? Not what an angry black woman do. I am angry, but I am also trying to be godly. And woo child, when I say people went in, um, well, first they questioned her position as a Christian, which I was like, woo child, y'all doing something. Um, so they questioned, questioned her position as a Christian. Um, and then they questioned the whole angry black woman. So it was like, oh, so you're saying that people who are protesting, people who are looting, people who are, you know, angry, th this is what angry black women do. So people went in on her 
you know, for that as well. And when people uh, deemed her canceled, she said, I'll never be canceled. I'm doing my part, period. I don't need Twitter's validation. All right, next, Miss Tokyo Jets. She's a new rapper. Okay, she really tried it. Like, this was extremely careless. So, there was a video that surfaced. Um, she's in this room with with uh, her hairstylist. I think his Instagram is like, I am hair physician or something. He's an Atlanta hairstylist. And in the video, she's choking him. And you could hear her say, I'm about to George Floyd, yo, M-F-N-A-S-S. And people went in. I, that was so careless. I mean, that was so careless. And in this sensitive time, in this intense time, no, ma'am. Like, there there was absolutely no excuse for that. This is not or ever a time to make jokes about a man's murder. That, that, mm-mm. So, she, I mean, she later came out and, and apologized, and she was in tears. And I, I don't know, maybe it was genuine, but that, that was beyond careless. I mean, I mean, beyond careless, especially as a newer, you know, a newer celebrity, you know, a newer influencer trying to, you know, move up. Sis, that is not a good look. So next, Virgil Abloh. I think I pronounced it right. He's the creative Off-White. Um, he, this is so funny because Twitter has really turned him into a meme. He posted that he um, gave a $50 donation. Um for kids in the streets that needed bail funds during uh, protest, during the protests that were happening across the country. And people were calling him cheap and, you know, all the other names in the book. So he came out and said that um, he actually donated uh, over $20,000 in total, um, but he was also matching $50 donations and he chose to post about uh, the $50 donation. Um, and people just still were, were not having it. So he, he later on apologized. Um, and he said he, he, he apologized for his contribution and I quote appearing to some as if that was my only contribution to these important causes. Uh, again, like I said, people were not having it. And now people have on, on Twitter, people have changed his name or no, no, they changed 50 to Virgil. So when people tweet, you know, and they're talking about the number 50, instead of putting 50, they put Virgil. Oh my God, somebody tweeted the other day and was like, can't go Virgil, Virgil with no hope. Like the Drake line, when I say I died, y'all. Like, y'all have gone in on this man. So yes, he's canceled, according to the culture. According to the culture. Next on the list, Shamik Moore. So Shamik Moore went on this rant on Twitter uh, shortly after uh, everything happened around George Floyd. I mean, he went on this rant. He went in. Um, he started with, see, I have a very strong opinion that the black community hates to hear but needs to hear. We need to learn how to deal with the police or and or racism because this is the part of the scenario we have failed to fix. He also said, we have to work on our community before blaming everything on racists and police. One, there is still black on black violence that needs to be addressed. And two, if we know that the wrong white person could change our whole life with the false accusation... So people went in. He tried to clarify his thoughts. Uh, he then took it to Instagram Live um, where he, he messed it up even further. Um, and, and during the Instagram Live, he suggested that Rosa Parks could have ridden in a black-owned taxi instead of taking the bus in 1955. Yeah, that 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 didn't go over well. Um, Shamik, yeah, that Mr. Moore, I think that, that the culture has canceled you. And good luck coming back from that. Next, Future's boo, Miss Lori Harvey. So, Lori's friends, 
store was looted in Atlanta. Um, and Lori came out and criticized protesters for looting her friend's store. Uh, she said, Atlanta, y'all took it too far last night. My heart is so broken for my friends. I know how hard you guys work to build Saks Deluxe from the ground up to black women, and I can't even imagine the pain of watching it get destroyed like that for absolutely no reason. I'm so sorry this happened to you guys. The looting of Saks Deluxe was absolutely senseless and disgusting. So I think first a lot of people were upset because this was her very first statement um, regarding just everything that that's going on in the world. So people were like, okay, this is your first statement and you decided to criticize protesters. Okay. Um, and then secondly, I think people were, were upset because these are things that can be replaced, right? You know, buildings, you know, I hate to say it, but homes, you know, these things can be replaced. You know, George Floyd's life can't. Um, so people kind of accused her of like missing the bigger picture. Like, Girl, you know, you're worried about a store and, you know, black people are losing their lives continuously by people who have promised to protect and serve us. So, yeah. Um, all right, next. Shekinah Joe Anderson. She's a, a reality star on Love & Hip Hop. Her her situation was kind of the same. They canceled her because she was crying about the Gucci store that was looted <laughs> in Atlantic's Linux Mall. Atlanta's Linux Mall. Um, she was crying on live. She said, Gucci ain't did sugar honey iced tea to y'all. Y'all can say whatever y'all want to say. They racist, whatever. I don't want to hear it. They ain't did nothing to y'all. Lennox Mall ain't did nothing to y'all. So, like I said, similar to Lori Harvey, people were mad um, and, and said that her comments were insensitive and accused her of kind of, you know, missing the bigger picture for, you know, material things that can be replaced versus lives that can't be replaced. All right, next. Ari Fletcher. Um, I honestly, I don't know what Ari Fletcher did, does. I just, I did some research on her and I couldn't figure it out. So we're going to call her a social media influencer. Um, she tweeted, she said, everybody's begging, everybody's begging people with money to donate. I hope y'all using some of y'all sti stimulus checks to donate as well. So people, people were upset about this because they looked at it as insensitive. Um, you know, we we are in a pandemic is what, you know, a lot of people still forget. We're in a pandemic and a lot of people are jobless. They don't have homes. The unemployment rate is crazy right now. And, you know, the stimulus check was, you know, is what people are using to really, really get by. Um, and so people are, are, are saying, girl, like you, you, you pretend to have all this money, you know, and, and these are people's livelihoods, you know, they don't have a job, um, you know, while you're privileged and how dare you come out of your mouth and say that. Uh, I'm just saying what the people say. I'm just a reporter. Don't shoot the messenger. So they said Ari Fletcher was canceled. Next, Miss Trina. She number seven. She Oh, no, she number nine on the list. Uh, she compared protesters to animals on her TNT show with, with Trick Daddy. Uh, these were her words. She said, keep everybody off the street, these animals off the street. They're running around in Miami-Dade County acting like they escaped from the zoo. Um, she also added that the marchers are not even caring about Floyd. Um, and then, so I guess at some point, Trick Daddy tried to explain why the protests were important. Trina said, I'm never scared. I have my license and registration and insurance. I know my rights. Ooh, chow. Uh, Trina, I feel like, you know, in, in this time, sis, no, you know, I think, Ugh, I, you know, I, and I want to give so much grace, but I feel like y'all, we are in such a crazy time. Like we're in such a sensitive, 
you know, hostile, like intense time, like you really, really, really got to be careful about what it is that you say. And my thing is, you know, if you feel like you don't, what you say is going to hurt people, maybe you shouldn't say it, you know, as an influencer right now. Like, it's okay to research. It's okay to read the room as what Twitter says. I just don't think that just wasn't the right time. That It's never a right time to call people animals. You know what I mean? That's, that's never a right time. And my thing is, you know, like I said, I try to give grace, but when you come back and say, you know, when you try to apologize and say like, oh, I didn't mean that, it's like, how did you not mean that, though? Like, how did you sit there and say, you know, protesters are animals or they run around acting like animals? How did you not mean that? You know, I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't I don't get it. But, you know, to each his own. But, yeah, she later came, she came out, I think, the next day um, and apologized on, on the same radio show. And people even signed a petition to get her fired. But this is what she said in her apology. She said, I would never I would never say that or call, call black people animals or names. I am a black person. I must be an animal. I must be the same person, she said. That's not who I am. But like I said, people still were not feeling feeling her. And um, they even signed a petition to get her fired. And then lastly, no, I got one more after this. Drew Brees, uh, New Orleans Saints uh, football player. He was um, in an interview with Yahoo Finance. Um, and he said, and I quote, I'll never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. Yeah. I try to give grace, but I, in these times, there's just no excuse. Like, how did you not think that was not insensitive? I, th just like with your platforms and how much influence and power you have, like, how do you not see that as insensitive when it comes out of your mouth? Ugh, he, and, you know, he, he's been apologizing, <laughs> apologizing since he said that, um, his first apology, he admitted to completely missing the mark. And I'm like, yeah, you think? You think? You, you know, you you talking about, you know, your grandfathers who, who fought to protect this country. Who you think built the country for them to protect? Oh, child, that's, that's another story for another day. And then, I don't know. So this is my last one. I don't know if they canceled her, but people aren't feeling just hilarious. Uh, she's a comedian. She came out and made a video basically saying that, you know, y'all are canceling all these people. You know, y'all are canceling all these people with platforms, you know, but if you cancel everybody, then who do we, who are we going to have left? Um, and so people didn't take too kind to that. A lot of people, I saw a lot of people say like, you know, if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't have that platform. And I mean, that's true. It's very, very true. But, you know, it's the fans, you know, that give y'all that platform. So Sad to say, but it's also the fans that can cancel you as well. So, you know, like I said, black people are fed up. You know, the black people are, the black community is fed up. And they feel like, you know, you, you know, if you ain't with us, we ain't with y'all. That's what, what I've been seeing on Twitter. So, like I said, I think in these times, you know, you got to be smart. You know, you have to be um, careful about what it is that you put out, you know, because people are hurting. You know, people are hurting. People are tired. People are, you know, tired of seeing their family members, you know, die and uh, be, be tortured and, and 
just anything else in the book. I can't even think right now. But people are tired. Um, and, and I don't blame them. So I think, you know, in these times, you know, and, and, and I also think that as, as influencers, they have to look at it from a privileged place. Y'all ain't down here. You know what I'm saying? With the poor folk, with the broke folk, with the regular civilians. Y'all not down here with us. Y'all living large. So even when we talk about a pandemic, you don't know, you ain't living in no pandemic. Most of y'all got gyms in y'all homes, pools, playgrounds, all types of stuff to keep y'all entertained. You know what I'm saying? Your house is the world that we that we try to go to. You know what I'm saying? Your house is the places that we try to go to, that we try to escape to. Y'all have all of that right at your fingertips. We don't. So, you know, I think they have to understand, you know, y'all are speaking from a privileged place. And until you, you know, come down off your high horse and come back where you started, remember where you came from, you 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 don't understand. And I mean, it sucks because it feels like y'all aren't trying to understand either. So, I mean, I guess I, I, I hate to say it, but it's going to take one of y'all's, you know, brothers or dads or cousins or uncles to pass away at the hands of police, you know, for it to become real for you. But... Hey, it is what it is. You know, like I said, I try to give people grace. It's it's hard, you know, because I'm not perfect either. You know, I've said some things I don't mean, you know, and people can learn from their mistakes. Um, but it really is it's hard to see, you know, when when the apology is genuine. Like, are you are you uh sorry or remorseful because you got backlash? You know, or are you remorseful because of what you said? Because you truly hurt people and you realize that. And I mean, I guess sometimes that's just something that w- that we'll never know. But anyway, that's y'all's dose of mash for today. I got everything off my chest. It's been a long week. But I pray that you guys are uplifted, that you are empowered, and that you are having an amazing week on this hump day. Go outside, take a walk, do something fun. Um, Act a little crazy. I don't know. Whatever y'all do, make a drink, do something. But yes, thank y'all for listening, and I will catch y'all on the next one. Honey, I got something to say. No, like, it's Maja. But you know, Maj for short. <laughs> Ask Maj.